It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome to Money for Lunch. All right. It's almost time for the holidays. The fourth quarter is just around the corner. I'm uh, thinking about going as uh, Nick Fury. I have the haircut. My tan is not as dark, but, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, what do you call it? I basically have the gear. I just need the overcoat, the leather overcoat. I got the dark pants. I got the uh, army boots, uh, dark shirt. I'm, I'm basically, I'm basically there. It's going to probably be my cheapest costume of, uh, you know, probably in, in the last few years since, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, since I, uh, the cheapest costume I've invested in in the last few years. Anyway, uh, my friends, as always, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, for being here. It's awesome. Uh, just, uh, what do you call it? Just kind of uh, waiting for my engineer to show up and give me the... Uh, what do you call it? The quote of the day. That's what I'm waiting on right now. The quote of the day. All right. Oh, I know. Hey, while we're waiting, this is me prolonging. De- uh, what do you call it? Uh, stalling. That's what they call it. Stalling. So if you haven't done so already, you know, get it. If you get a chance. Uh, speaking of the holidays, this will make a great gift. You can go to dominatingyourmind.com, dominatingyourmind.com. Pick up my book there for free. It is available on Amazon for $20 plus shipping. In this case, if you go to dominatingyourmind.com, you just get it for free. You just pay the shipping. So it saves you 20 bucks. So think about that and and looking forward to, uh, what do you call it? To uh, helping you Crush your fears, destroy your doubts, so you can be unstoppable. That's what the book's all about. And uh, anyway, all right, quote of the day. I don't believe in perfection, but those free gaps during our family holidays can be downright blissful by Ron Howard. I don't believe in perfection, but those free gaps during our family holidays can be downright blissful by actor director ron howard all right let's get the party started uh being joined today by dr isaac i'm being joined today by dr isaac prelinevsky i'm just killing your name i'm sure but he is the former dean of the school of education and human development at the university of miami where he is currently Professor of Educational and Psychological Studies and Vice Provost of Institutional Culture. He is the author of 10 books, the recipient of 
awards by the National Newspaper Association for his humor writing and from the Division of Community and Counseling Psychology from the American Psychological Association for his scholarly work, the Dr. Isaac Prelatensky. I'm sorry, I killed your name. Dr. Isaac, welcome back to Money for Lunch. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. How do you pronounce your last name for me? Priliel Tensky. You got it, more or less. More or less, probably less, but anyway, good to have you back. I'm excited. Uh, the doctor was on the show, but our, our uh, what do you call it, our uh, audio was really bad that time, so I, I, I convinced him to come back, try it again, and I'm excited. Um, if you want to find out more about Dr. Isaac Prelinesting, Pre- Pre- Ah, just killed it again. Uh, He's got a great, great uh, talk on TED Talks. You can find it there on YouTube. I'm also going to put a link here in the show notes. But I wanted to ask you this. I wanted to start off by asking you um, about your background and and this thing about you being the master of self-deprecation. Talk about this. Well, so a few years ago, I discovered that there are different ways to teach people about happiness and health and well-being. And one of the things I I experimented with was with humor. Um, And that gave rise to the trilogy, The Laughing Guide to Well-Being, The Laughing Guide to Change, and The Laughing Guide to a Better Life. And to lead by example, I show to people that you can poke fun at yourself. So I poked a little fun at myself and um, showed people that it's okay to laugh at our um, imperfections and shortcomings and that we need to love ourselves the way we are. Um, So I ended up combining humor with science uh, and my wife and I wrote these three books which really are guided by the motto, you know, happier, healthier, smarter through laughter. So we think that laughing at yourself and laughing with others, not at others, laughing with others, can be a really great way to examine your life, your relationships, your work life, and learn from uh, the science what can we do just to feel better about ourselves, to be more productive, to have better relationships, to be healthier, and to find meaning in relationships. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Now, I got to ask you, because, you know, the world, uh, especially, I would say, the, quote, civilized world, the U.S., Europe, Canada, um, you know, we're all trying this. To, to capture this idea of, of happiness. And I think that a lot of people are missing it because happiness is not necessarily out there. I like the fact that you say, you know, start laughing at yourself because, you know, it's not laughing at yourself in a, in, in a, in a way to ridicule yourself or to make yourself feel bad. But the reality is we as humans are constantly doing goofy stuff that we sometimes take too seriously, both in the good and in the bad. But really, happiness 
is an inside job, right? I mean, it starts with what we focus on. It starts with our, it, it starts with us. Yes, yes. And, you know, there is a Cherokee legend that goes as follows, just to make it the point you're trying to, you know, convey to your audience. There is a grandfather, a Cherokee, talking to his grandson, and he says, you know, within me there are two wolves, one who is compassionate, caring, loving, accepting, and humble. And there is another wolf who is very nasty, mean, aggressive, competitive, and selfish. And the grandson says, so, so Grandpa, uh, which one wins? And the grandfather says, the one you feed. So you really have to start feeding the more compassionate, virtuous, funny, humorous, kind sides of yourself. And all of us have both sides. It's just a matter of uh, being mindful about nurturing certain qualities and paying attention to what's really important in life, which is, at the end of the day, feeling valued by yourself and others, but also adding value to yourself and others. It's really important to keep this balance between trying to promote my own personal growth and my goals in life with balancing our attention to other people. Uh, otherwise, we end up being very selfish and egotistical and narcissistic, which is really not your ticket to happiness. No, it's not. I, 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 and sometimes we find that out, you know, the hard way. Um, it's just, uh, you know, the, the, it's taken me a long time to realize that, and, and I want to emphasize what you just said, that service to others is one of the, definitely one of the ways of achieving happiness. Uh, and, and it seems almost counterintuitive or counterproductive uh, because you're serving other people, so how is that going to make me happy? Well, because I think that it's just one of the human elements, one of the things that's, that, uh, that as humans we must do to have a fulfilling life is to sell, is to serve other people. And, you know, sometimes that's fairly easy to do. Um, and, and sometimes it's, um, you know, it might take a little bit of creativeness. I want to talk about this because uh, you talk about the integration of wellness and fairness. I've never heard about this thing, integration of wellness and fairness. Explain this. Right. So when you think about the fact that happiness is really built on the meaning of relationships with other people, you know, we are – we can only be as happy as the nature of our relationships. And when you think about relationships, fairness is a key factor in how we feel at home, how we feel at work, 
how we feel with our loved ones in the community. So fairness is about treating other people with respect, granting them the respect that they deserve. If somebody's going to make a decision at work that's going to affect me, I want to be respected by people asking my opinion. And if I live in a community where there are people from various backgrounds, everybody, including myself, who I emigrated a few times, you know, I'm a U.S. citizen, but I wasn't born here. I moved countries several times. You, you need to feel that you are welcomed as a newcomer to the country. You need to feel that there is no discrimination. So both at home, in relationships, at work, in the community, there are a lot of elements of fairness. Am I treated with respect? Do I get the promotion that I deserve? Does the promotion go to somebody else just because he or she know the son of the boss? All these are questions of fairness, you know? Do I get the, the, the piece of the pie that I deserve? Am I, am I consulted on decisions affecting my life? All these are questions of fairness. And there is quite a bit of research showing that the more respected you feel, the more you enjoy <clears throat> dignity at work, at home, in society, the better you feel. So fairness, one can say, is an antecedent of wellness. Wellness encompasses interpersonal, psychological, physical well-being. So it's very hard to attain high levels of wellness, happiness, and health when you live in an environment that doesn't respect you, that doesn't provide you with enough opportunities, that discriminates against people with disabilities or foreigners. Because when that happens, when we are not respected, when we are treated without dignity, all our emotional energy goes to regaining a sense of respect, regaining mm. a sense of fairness, right? So there is little mental energy for anything else. This is why it's so important to treat people with dignity. We have to make sure that we and others have a sense of mattering, that people matter, that they count, that they are important. So there is a close relationship between fairness, our feeling of mattering and dignity in the world, and wellness. There you go. Wellness depends on fairness. Wellness depends on fairness. Yeah, I like that. Um, you know, I never thought about it like that. But, yeah, that's absolutely uh, true. I mean, I, I, I'm thinking back about uh, not only in my life, but, you know, sometimes you see this stuff on TV where it blows up. Somebody feels they were treated unfairly, and it just gets out of hand. They feel disrespected. They don't feel appreciated. They don't feel loved. You know, many, many, many years ago, the great Robin Williams, uh, he yes. uh, did uh, the uh, Aladdin, uh, animated cartoon yes. Aladdin, and yes. he got paid like $100,000, I think is what it was, or something like that. And, and at that 
time, uh, you know, animated movies didn't didn't do that well, and and he wanted something that his that uh, that he could give his kids, and it was going to be again this animated cartoon. Well, it yeah. was the first animated cartoon to do hundreds of millions of dollars or some ridiculous amount of money, and all of a sudden he felt cheated. He felt as though he was treated unfairly. Nothing changed. I mean, yeah. he he uh, you know he agreed to get paid. He got paid what he agreed to. The movie did so well that all of a sudden he felt as though he got you know cheated or and 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 sometimes we do this uh, because there was no there was no guarantee that the movie was going to make a million dollars or a hundred million dollars or anything like this. But because Disney wanted to try to be fair, they gave him yeah. a uh, a. Uh, Painting by uh, the Cuban painter Picasso uh, that was worth like a million and a half dollars uh, to try to help with the fairness thing. And, but it, it's interesting to me that uh, sometimes, even as adults, uh, we sometimes react like children when we feel that we're not being treated fairly. Right, exactly, because. It goes to the heart of our humanity. You know, yeah. we feel disregarded. We feel um, laughed at. We feel uh, mistreated. And that really hurts at the core of our being. And th th this is why this issue of respect, the example you gave with Robin Williams and many others you can think about in your family when kids are treated without respect, when employees are not um, treated with dignity, when people are favoring some people over others. All these uh, behaviors, because these are behaviors, have very serious consequences, the way we treat our children, the way we treat our partners, and we are oblivious to that. We, we just think that wellness is something that comes strictly from within ourselves. But nothing could be further from the truth, because we human beings are highly susceptible to the messages we get from other people. And if we get affirming, nurturing messages, then our children will grow secure in themselves, and in turn, they will be able to be kind to others. But there are two negative things that happen when people are treated without respect. Some people become depressed because they internalize messages that say you are no good, you, know, you have no value as a person, lack of self-worth. So that's right. one negative consequence, depression. But the other one is aggression. And some people respond to this feeling of ostracism and marginalization. Some people respond with aggression. And there was a study done on mass shootings. And it turns out that the, a lot of school shooters were people who felt ostracized, bullied, marginalized. And that was their very pathological way to have a sense of being somebody, 
You know, this is why they post, uh, shooters post on social media, their, their, their actions, their plans, because it's their pathological way to regain a sense of being somebody in the world. It, so there are very terrible consequences to feeling like you don't matter. And if we want to improve sanity in the world, we have to make sure that everybody feels like they matter, uh, starting with our children, our partners, our neighbors, our friends, our employees, our colleagues. Um, unless people feel that they matter, little else matters in life. Because as we were saying before, all your energy goes to reclaim your humanity. So to prevent depression and aggression, the best thing we can do is to treat everybody with respect and with fairness. Right. No, I, you know what? And I think if we could do that, what a different world we would live in, right? It's, uh, it's an amazing thing. You know, listening to you talk, you look at what's happening in some of these, in some of these countries where the, how they treat women and how they treat, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, people of different religions uh, mm -hmm. and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what a different world you would think how much suffering would be eliminated if people just were able to treat each other with fairness, with kindness, you know, to be treated the way they want to be treated. What a, you know, what a wonderful world that would be. That would be an incredible, incredible thing. Um, you know, uh, I, I recently watched this show with Bill Gates and Bill Gates is trying to eradicate polio. Uh, polio is yep. almost eradicated. Um, in 2018, I think they had like three or 4,000 cases of polio, mainly in places like India and uh, Africa. And, uh, and so he has spent, his, his foundation has spent like $6 million to try to eradicate um, this disease. And just as he was getting down to, uh, like, for instance, last year they had, uh, uh, yeah, let's see, in, in 2017, they had like three or 4,000 cases. Last year in 2018, they got it down to just like 20 or 30 cases. Uh, just as things look like they're going to eradicate this terrible disease, uh, war broke out. Um, these people started killing for no reason. Other than they could, they started killing the medical providers. Wow. And, wow. you know, and so uh, back to this idea of treating people with fairness, you know, it's great that you want to show people how powerful you are. But again, what's the point of, of killing people who are just trying to stop suffering and stop this horrible disease? But anyway, uh, I, I kind of digress and I don't want to, you know, and, and, and maybe that wasn't the best example, but it's just interesting how people, you know, people can re uh, relieve all this terrible suffering or people can add to the suffering that we're already experiencing. And it's and, and it really, a lot of it is how we feel about ourselves and we take that self-worth and then we put it out there in, in, in a physical manifestation. Um, you know, we either are using a gun or we're using, um, 
I guess, violence or the, some of the examples that you gave, or, you know, maybe uh, we're, we're uh, because of the way we feel and our self-esteem, we give love and kindness and service to others. Anyway, um, I, I want to move on right. from that. No, I, I think, Go ahead. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. And the, the, the point we try to make in, in the books, you know, The Laughing Guide to Change Especially and The Laughing Guide to a Better Life is that there are skills people can learn. It's not just a question of uh, thinking that I will be kinder um, to other people. There are specific skills. So in, in, in the books, and by the way, if your listeners are interested, they, they can go to thelaughingguide.com. Thelaughingguide.com. There are summaries of the books there and a, a little bit of uh, what the books are about. So my wife and I spend quite a lot of time teaching people the skills of fairness, the skills of wellness. So for example, you know, we're talking a lot about how to treat other people. There are very simple things people can do that they readily do, such as being a good listener. It's incredibly simple, yet very, very few people do it. You know, when you engage in a conversation, most people, as opposed to granting others, you know, the gift of time and the gift of listening, they interrupt, they counter, they judge other people, they feel they have to show even a superior story. So a lot of people, instead of listening to the others, they're just thinking of how to outsmart others. So that's one simple example, you know, how to be a better listener. That's something we teach in the books. How to celebrate other people. It's, it's, it's important not just to support others when they are hurting. It's also very important to celebrate others when they are winning, when they are doing something right, when they are being virtuous, when they are being kind to other people. So it's really, really important to celebrate other people. It's also very important to challenge negative assumptions about ourselves and other people. Some people tell negative stories about themselves, I'm no good, they internalize what they've heard from other people, perhaps from teachers or parents who said you're not going to amount to anything. So we teach people how, how can you write a new story about yourself, you know, a new story based on your resilience, and your strengths, and your ability to cope even with very difficult circumstances. Um, we teach people how to cope with negative emotions, how to cultivate positive emotions. We teach people how to set goals and how to create positive habits. I was just teaching a class uh, just this weekend. I went to Mexico uh, to give a, a, a class on leadership. And one of the students was saying that he made a positive habit, which is calling his mother for 10 minutes every day. No matter what happens at a certain time of the day, that's a habit. He calls his mother because he knows it's very important to his mother to hear from him. People can engage in positive habits, like reading a story to your kids after dinner. It can take 10 minutes, but it's worth 10 times 
you know, of love and respect and attention. Um, so there are little things people can do to become the person they want to be, right? That's the most important thing, that we engage in actions, in thoughts, in interactions that are building on our values. And what are our values? Well, everyone needs to answer that for themselves, but we always have to balance the value of self-determination, what's good for me, you know, what do I want to do with my life, with my business, with my career? We have to balance that with what's good for other people. And, and we need to practice three kinds of values for personal well-being, like autonomy, sense of control, mastery, self-efficacy, happiness, health, with values for others, like fairness and kindness. And the more we do that, the more we feel good about ourselves. You know, people yeah. say that when you're helping others, the person you're helping the most is yourself. So just to summarize, there are concrete things, concrete skills people can pick up to become better selves in their relationships, at work, in the community, and things they can do to improve others and the community at large. And the website, real quick, is The Laughing Guide? Yes, the, the website is thelaughingguide.com. Punto com, yeah. Um, Thelaughingguide.com. Right. Yeah. Thelaughingguide.com for us who kind of speak Spanish, com to a better life, the laughing guide to well-being, the laughing guide to change. What I love about this is that you and your wife are combining humor and science to reach the reader. I mean, th this is what yes. I think separates your books from a lot of books out there. When you can combine humor and science and storytelling, there's this profound connection as opposed to here's this textbook, read it, and then regurgitate the information, mm -hmm. you know, by adding this mix of, of uh, humor and science, there's a good chance that the reader is going to be impacted. Well, that, that's our goal, you know, and, and it, just to try it out, you know, I started writing these humor columns for the Miami Herald and Miami Today, some newspapers here in Miami, and people resonate with a message. And before I knew it, my editor at Miami Today sent one of my columns uh, to a competition, and I won second place from the National Newspaper Association for my humor writing. So. I, that really gave me some confidence that we can we can write humor and we can write science together. Both my wife and I have been professors for many years, and we do we do research on well-being and how to improve the lives for individuals and workplaces. So yeah, I think you know the books. Half of the books um, are about laughing, and the other half is about learning. So we call it the laughing side and the learning side. And we think that people learn uh, when they're having a good time, as opposed yes. to feeling defensive. You know, we're not giving sermons. You know, you should do this. You should exercise more. You know, you should work less. You should stop smoking. We don't do any of that. 
um, we just use humor as opposed to sermons that put people on the defensive. Once you're on the defensive, you're not very open to learning. You just well, have to be, one of the things we know about humor is that it opens your mind to new possibilities. Yes, and here's the other thing. When you're bored, you're not open, you're not learning either. The the mind exactly. can only take the the mind can only take what the uh, what the butt can endure, and, and you look at school today, and a lot of kids aren't engaged. Uh, you know, they talk about all these employees that are not engaged. Fifty percent of employees yeah. are not engaged. Well, guess what? I would say eighty percent of students are not engaged. Uh, it's it, you know the system needs to be revamped. Uh, they're not connecting with students. They're 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 not even considering that some students, you know, uh, some students are creative, some students are more analytical, and and you know, and my point being is that you're going to have some kids that are going to gravitate towards math and science. Some kids that are going to gravitate towards, uh, let's say, the creative, maybe writing or uh, some other creative expression. Uh, and so to take a, a child and say, listen, you got to learn algebra and geometry, even though you're not going to use that in your career path, you're doing stuff because it makes you feel good, meaning the government feel good, but you're not, you're not taking in consideration that the child uh, needs to learn something else or maybe has to learn a different method. But bottom line is, uh, yeah, when you... Uh, when you uh, offend people, they stop learning. When you bore them, they stop learning. Uh, I want to give out this. I want to give this out one more time. It's the, the, the website, and I'm going to put it in the show notes, thelaughingguide.com, thelaughingguide.com. And um, you can go there. Uh, these books are also available on Amazon. Is that right? Yes. They're yes, also available correct. on Amazon. Uh, the Laughing Guide to Change, The Laughing Guide to a Better Life, and the laughing guide to well-being. Um, I want to thank you, Isaac, uh, for stopping by and, and sharing some of your thoughts with us. Looking forward to having you back again. Okay. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity and have a wonderful day. All righty. Good stuff there from the master of self-deprecation. I like the way that he's, uh, he's, got the, he's given himself this title. The master of self-deprecation, Dr. Isaac Prelatensky, Prelatensky, yes, Dr. Isaac Prelatensky, the laughingguide.com, check it out, and maybe uh, you get to be a little bit smarter, you get to laugh a little bit more, and the most important things that you can do with these books is apply them around the house, as well as the office. As always, my friends, let's share this show with everyone you know. Let's help as many people to use humor and science to achieve, I guess, happiness, to achieve more success, to feel better about themselves. Remember, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.